So Something 30 is a limited fiction podcast. It, it consists of three episodes, and it is a comedy. And it focuses on these three characters, Jack, Greg, and Luke, who are three best friends. They've been best friends since college. They're all entering their early 30s. And they've drifted apart a little bit recently in this part of their lives, but they're coming back together for Luke's 30th birthday weekend, which occurs throughout the story. So as they reunite, they start off trying to present the best version of themselves to each other and try to act like everything's fine, but they know each other too well to keep that up for very long. So the facades drop and they really come to grips with these crises that they're all individually going through. Uh, Jack is a writer who is yet to actually be published and who, you know, feels like he's not really getting where he wants to go in life, is struggling with this sense of failure, and is he actually going to be able to achieve his goals? Greg, on the other hand, is a very career-driven sort of person, and he is spent a lot of time putting his professional life above his personal life, and now he's feeling the adverse effects of that. And Luke is finally settling down with his long-term girlfriend, Leah, and really figuring out what it means to be a one-woman man and wondering if he has what it takes to actually be that person because he spent so much of his past um, being a mini-woman man, you could say. So... Yeah, it, their crises are told with humor. The, again, this is a comedy. However, there is a universal truth to what they're going through. Uh, I think that we live in an age, especially with social media, where it's very easy for people to try and present the best version of themselves and act like everything is fine when there is a lot of conflict in their life or um, a lack of fulfillment that they don't want other people to know about. And so this really... Uh, speaks to that and how people feel pressure to uh, be the adults that they feel like they should be, you know, and how that's kind of a trap for everyone and how 30 is really a loaded age for so many people. It's a time where a lot of people question themselves and wonder if they're on the right track, wonder if they're really doing what they should be doing with their lives and if they can have the life that they want to have. It's called Something 30 because they're all 30-somethings, but they all feel kind of backwards or like their lives are backwards. So that's why 30-something is backwards in the title. And um, it's this, this really the awareness that adulthood, it's, it's a subjective thing. It's a journey that varies from person to person. And you got to really figure out what it means for you. So I play the character of Luke Brown, and Luke is, I love Luke. He's so much fun to play. Uh, He's a very blunt, very fiery individual, a pretty cocky kind of guy, which, of course, is often a cover for, you know, a certain insecurity inside of him. He is, he exudes a confidence, but he is at times not as confident as he would like people to think that he is. And um, he is what I would call a recovering fuckboy, basically. He he is trying to change. He's trying to go from this guy who goes from one woman to the next woman and really is trying to, you know, grow up in that way and trying to get away from that behavior. But he's, again, wondering if he actually can do that. And even though he is seemingly wrapped up in himself 
much of the time. He does have a good heart. He is a very caring, supportive, loyal friend. And he is, I think he just has to spend some time realizing how good of a guy he can be because I think that he knows how problematic his behavior has been in the past and that is part of his motivation to change but is that actually going to be genuine for him yes I have a long history with this story and with these characters I first wrote them um several years ago in 2012 I turned 23 in 2012. And so every time I've written them, they've always been the same age that I was when I wrote them. So they were around 22, 23 during that first version of the story. And um, yeah, a lot of the backstory that they talk about in this script were parts of the other scripts, the previous scripts, whether that was Jack's financial struggles or Luke's sexual escapades or Greg's total focus on his career and also them living together. So I experienced a lot of that with them, you know, and they feel like my friends in that way. And their successes have been my successes. Their failures have been my failures because uh, two of the scripts that I wrote were for productions that I wanted to get off the ground that just didn't get off the ground, that fell through. And they were part of my own crises in life. And as I was writing this, it was shortly before my 30th birthday. And so I was at the place in my life writing it where I was figuring out if I was on the right track. So I feel like I've really grown a lot with them. It was like a reunion with old friends for me writing this. And it was very easy and very organic. It only took a week or two because I just knew them so well. I just fell into step with them. I knew their voices. I knew their relationships together and how they interacted and where I wanted them to go. So yeah, they have really uh, played a part in my life in, in a way that not many other characters that I've written have. So this is set in New York. Uh, all of the other versions of the script have always been set in New York, and they're all, all three of the guys are native New Yorkers, and I just have always felt like it was just the right choice because uh, this story has always been about them getting what they want, them living the lives that they want, and when you think about people going to New York or living in New York, that's what you think of. People really hustling and really trying to achieve their goals and be the, you know, the people that they want to be. And also they are archetypal New Yorkers, all of them, in ways that I didn't even really think about until recently. You know, Jack is a very neurotic, anxious kind of New Yorker all over the place. Greg is a very ambitious, focused, uh, <clears throat> successful kind of New Yorker. And Luke is a very fiery, very brutally honest New Yorker. So it works in that way. And I think that the piece has that kind of energy because of that. Jack is a very interesting character. He's a quirky individual. He, um, I just see him as a pure soul, you know, in a not-so-pure world. He kind of lives a little bit in his own world. And I think there is something slightly heroic about him and how willing he is to go with what he believes in and to totally live out his truth, because not everyone can do that. But also, his total willingness to go with what he feels is why he can be so chaotic. 
And AJ, the actor who plays him, I think that he does the role justice in that way. I think that he plays him how I imagined him in my head and that, you know, that all over the place kind of energy, which is not who he is in real life. Seemingly, he's very quiet, you know, subdued person, but he knows how to turn it on for the part. And Jack is a broad character. I think some of the broadest comedy in the piece comes from Jack. So AJ inhabits that well. And the role of Greg is interesting because, you know, he is essentially the straight man, although not literally because, you know, he's a gay man. But he is, in terms of the humor, he is the straight man. He is the serious one, the sensible one, the one with the level head. And he's always been the grounding force to Jack and Luke's lunacy and wildness. And Josh, who plays Greg, I think he brings something very solid to the character and very earthy even. I feel like that he grounds the proceedings well. And you need that in a crazy comedy with these, you know, outrageous characters. You need a character who can be like kind of the voice of reason. Um, so Josh plays that well, you know, has a, he has a great voice and everything and really brings the character to life in that way. I think the interesting thing about Greg is that he has more to learn from Jack and Luke than he would think. And, you know, he sees himself as a wrangler for them and the one who keeps them together, but maybe they could rub off on him in benef- in beneficial ways as well. He just has to kind of realize that he's not always right about things. So that is an interesting uh, part of his arc. So in writing the character of Leah, I was pretty conscious of the fact that she was the only female role in the piece, and I did not want to make her one-dimensional. I did not want to just totally sideline her or make her uh, just the girl of Luke's dreams or the supportive girlfriend who's just there to be there for him. I wanted her to have her own thing going on. I wanted her to have her own desires and her own agency. And you see that when you finally meet Leah. First, we only hear about her from Luke and the other guys. And it's, she's kind of idealized in that way. But then we get to know her as an individual, you know, on her own terms and with her own voice. And I thought that was important, you know, um, to show that maybe she's not as fulfilled as she would like to be. And Melissa, who plays Leah, she brings a likability to the character, which is important because you, given what you hear about Leah before you meet her, you already expect to like her. Um, And she brings a sweetness and a kindness to the character, which is also important because you need to believe that she, you know, loves him and cares about him, but maybe also she needs to live for herself as well. So the character of Elijah could very easily be like a thankless role in some way. But Chris, who plays Elijah, I think he brings a lot to it. He's a naturally easygoing sort of guy. And so I think he can just organically play that. Also, there is a certain strength to Elijah that gets revealed and a certain integrity that he brings to life well. And that plays a pivotal part in Greg's journey because maybe they could connect, but also maybe Elijah is there to show him that the certain things that Greg viewed as strengths about himself or integrity within himself aren't as aren't working for him as well as he thinks that they are. So Elijah is sort of like the catalyst for that. 
the process of doing this podcast was um, great. It had a great cast, and it was a very organic sort of uh, process. We did three days of rehearsal, and it was a day for each episode. I really wanted us to get comfortable with each other, to fall into a rhythm, to be familiar with the piece, and to create a certain you know energy between us. So it didn't just feel like we were just picking up the script and reading the lines. Like, I really wanted us to, you know, act. I really wanted us to be in it. And so we were ready and prepared by the time we recorded. We did three days of recording, one for each episode, and there were two takes for each uh, episode on each day. And uh, we all sat around this great large mic which was omnidirectional, so I picked up on everything in the room, and we just acted it out. Um, And I wanted it to sound real, you know, the sound quality. I wanted it to sound kind of raw. I didn't want it to be overly polished. I didn't want it to sound like it took place in a super soundproofed sort of room that podcasts can typically take place in. I wanted it to sound like it was taking place in the actual space that it was occurring in, uh, you don't want to sacrifice sound quality. However, I just wanted it to sound organic. Like you put a mic in the corner of the room and listen to these people just go. And yeah, it was a great experience. I think that fiction podcasting is such a accessible way to tell your story, you know, as a creator. And, you know, all you need is a good script and a good mic and actors and, you know, you're ready to go. And I think that it's a medium that can grow quite a bit in a few years. And, um, yeah, I loved doing it and I can see myself possibly doing another. Who knows?